Welcome to another episode of the Movie Fellas. We're back. We're continuing. I want to call it a Friday the 13th retrospective, but it's really not because we're only doing the first two movies. But that means we're back with part two of Friday the 13th. I'm looking for Hockey Mask. I want Manhattan. I want Space. Tell me we're getting some of that. Negative. Damn it, man. Instead, what we're getting... Why is life so disappointing? Nothing I want, man. What we're getting is a giant blooper reel because you want to be done in 45 minutes and I plan on fucking that up. You son of a bitch. Fourth on my list, burlap sack Jason. So That's not even fourth on anybody's list. It's fourth on my list. Because we can't get Betsy Palmer because she's decapitated. She can't come back. What are you talking about? She comes back for this movie. Oh, her head's in this movie, right. Well, no, well it's a, a model of her head, I guess. Actually, no. What? I found out. They actually got a real head? They cut her off her head? No. Um, so what they did... She's, she's dead? Was they got a random crew member that had... That uh, they put makeup on to make it look like Betsy Palmer's decomposed head, and put it on that table. And with wow. the act, with the crew member under the table with her head just sticking out like that. Holy! That hell. was a legitimate head we were looking at. Wow. So, I feel it's fair to give some background on this one also. So, about a year after the first movie, let's call it 1981. Yep. The first one is a big ass hit for the 80s. Forty-two million on a five hundred thousand dollar budget. So this movie gets one point twenty-five million dollar budget. Man, it's only fair to double the budget, even though we're just going back to the same type of looking Camp Crystal Lake. But actually, I feel like this one is cheaper looking than the first. How does that work? I I, I do think that. I mean, they get a bigger cabin at least the, this one. Well, I think so. Steve Miner directed this, and it was one of his first movies ever directed. So I do think Sean Cunningham was a better director for the first movie. And this one was kind of like Steve Meyer would go on to do part three. Later on, he did Halloween H2O. So he became a pretty good director. But this is basically like a first-time director just experimenting. That said, it's only natural they would make a sequel. And there was no rules yet. There's no tropes about, do we bring back the final girl? So we bring back the final girl so we can kill her. Sometimes the final girl becomes the first girl. Yep. And this one, she is traumatized. We get a recap of her fighting Betsy Palmer. A recap? They show the whole damn ending of the first movie. I felt like, I think if you just turn this, flip the channels and set on this movie, you would think you might be watching the first movie. You know why? They didn't have the correct runtime they needed. So they added that ending, just the ending from the first movie. To pad to, it out. Yep. That makes I really sense. wish they stopped doing that, to be honest with you. I mean, it's sort of clever because they show her having a dream sequence. She's dreaming. She's having a nightmare. It's a clever way to have the recap with her having a nightmare and having traumatic memories of what happened that night. You do know there's another recap after this, right? Son of a bitch. Yep. There's two recaps in one damn movie. Now, Adrian King, playing Alice, a couple months after the events of the first movie, has decided to return to the scene of the crime, one Camp Crystal Lake. Because her therapist has recommended that this is how you can move on with your life. is to go back, confront your demons. What do you think about this strategy, Nick Arcano? I think an ice pick to the head does not help. Uh, you know, I'm glad you're not charging $100 per hour for your advice. Because I don't think it's worth that money. <laughs> I would be telling her to stay the hell away from the place if you still think there's something there. Well, we know that in the first movie she said, Oh, that means the boy's still out there. That boy. Now, little did she know that the brilliant writers of this movie are going to turn that boy to a grown-ass man. Yep, and that grown-ass man is walking outside in the middle of a, of a neighborhood. What the hell, man? I said before, I'll say it again. Where's the damn neighborhood watch? Where's the HOA? Someone should be looking out the window and seeing uh, a man with a damn burlap sack. I'm assuming he's wearing the burlap sack. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he is. But... I mean, there's, kid, there's kids playing outside, right? I'm, I'm, Someone should be seeing this weird man walking in the neighborhood. I'm going to uh, quote Friday 13th Part 6 for this one. When you see a man in a mask before Halloween, it is never a good sign. So, of course, everyone stayed the fuck away. No, I know, but they have, <clears throat> they have phone lines. Somebody call 911. Nah. They don't want the cops killed. Cops have better things to do. Like okay. eat donuts at Doom Donuts. Okay, I know that this is very early on in Jason's career, but what we know of Jason, he doesn't seem like the type to be wandering in a suburban neighborhood looking for somebody. Well, I mean, that's he, not what he does. Well, I mean, he does end up calling Alice. What the hell, man? 
Yeah. yeah. What is that? Yeah, he calls her and then asks, have you checked the children? Oh, man. No, he didn't say that. I just watched the movie. Yeah, you're Stop right. playing games. <laughs> you're but, right. But he, didn't, he, didn't but he does that. prank call her. Yeah, he just called call her. He breathes in the phone. I said this on the watch along, but yeah, when, when, when she picks on the phone and nobody's there, who called her? Jason did not phone call Alice. Yes, she did. He doesn't know how to do that. Yes, he does. Oh, my Appar- God. Allegedly. How does he have her phone number? Yellow pages. I'm just, this is the exact conversation we had before. Jason can't read, man. Come on. <laughs> what do you mean Jason can't read? Why can't he read? I'm not having this conversation He was, again. what, 14 when he died? I'm sure he learned to read. I thought he'd be like seven. <laughs> Either way, if you can't read at the age of seven, especially numbers. Yeah, but he's been. Where you been? He's been living the woods for the last 15 years. So? Doesn't mean he can't read. Doesn't mean he can't read. Yes, it does. He forgot. Totally. <laughs> you don't forget. It's like riding a bike. You never forget. I'm just saying, do you think it's likely? So, okay, here's what the movie wants you to think, though. The idea is that she went back to the actual lake to look around and re-traumatize herself, I guess. Yes. And somewhere in that, Jason said, hey, you killed my mother. I'm going to follow you and kill you. Well, it's not like she doesn't look any different. It's easy to recognize her. Yeah, because it's actually it's only one year later, so. Yeah. The only okay. difference is she has longer hair. Okay. So she's in a house, and normally you'd be safe in a house. I, why is she in a big house by herself anyways? Well, first off, this is a slasher villain. There's no such thing as being safe when horror portation happens. Yeah, but I don't know if Jason is quite horror portating yet. Well, how the hell did he get in that house without her hearing it? The window was open. She had the damn boiling water going. Oh, she was in the shower. He snuck in while she was in the shower. Still probably would have heard a big-ass motherfucker just breaking through a window. Nah, man. When you're in the shower, you're singing. You got the groove going. The hot water's pouring down. You're like, I'm so excited. I kind of wish they would have just done a psycho psycho homage to Jason just opening it up and then stabbing her multiple times with an ice pick. With the ice pick, too. With an ice pick. Not a knife. An ice pick. Sounds like an icy shower. Yeah. Cold water. I like what we get here. We get a nice, fun opening scene because... She opens the fridge, sees the head, and then gets the ice pick to the head. Which, I'm going to say something about this ice pick scene. Uh, it, they had to shoot it twice. and it, the first time they actually killed her. No, the first, second time was a, a fill-in stunt double. The first time, the person playing Jason, which I will actually say something about this. The person playing Jason is a woman in this scene. Yes. I, I just want to mention one thing. You get a woman to play Jason in the second movie but you don't get a woman to play pamela in the damn first movie yep totally well hey i mean it doesn't make too much sense but but yeah they put the ice pick but the problem is they were using a retractable ice pick but it didn't retract when she pressed it up against adrian king's head and actually dug in pretty hard i'm more intrigued by the idea that jason who lives in the wood who eats rats for breakfast is still so annoyed by the sound of the boiling water the tea boiling that he has to desperately dive for the boiling pot and take it off the stove have you ever heard a teapot boil yeah but jason sounds like he about to die from that i was i would too oh my gosh those things are annoying they sound like a woman screaming now i'm surprised there's cops not getting called every single time one of those goes off we don't have to get into details here but there's a lot of questions from fans about why did adrian king only come back for this one short scene why was she killed off the truth is there's no real concrete answer we've heard different perspectives i've heard from the producer and the crystal egg memories book which is a great detailed history of the series that she wanted too much money we also heard that she had a stalker on the time so she didn't want to do any horror movies and one thing i heard is she agreed to come back but only for a short role she never even got the script in fact when she showed up they had just wrapped up filming knowing what we know and knowing who the characters in part two are going to be I'm happy that she didn't come back because I feel like this does establish Jason as a badass and a serious threat. The fact that he does away with the main character in the first one in the first 10 minutes, it establishes, hey, this is some serious shit and Jason's a serious killer. Well, let's go ahead and meet our cast. I got I got all of them written down, at least the ones that matter. All right, so you got Keenan, Cal, Orange Soda. Nobody brought the Orange Soda. When did we start watching Keenan and Kel fights the Headless Horseman? Well, someone should make that movie. I'd like to see it. There, that is a movie. Oh, what? Yeah, Nickelodeon made a movie where Keenan and Kel 
go on a road trip with Keenan's family, and they run into a rich guy who owns a castle, comes to find out it's a headless, uh, headless knight. I'm going to watch that tonight. Good luck finding it. Damn it, man. It's got to be somewhere. Because I even looked on Paramount Plus where it has all the Keenan and Kel shows, and that movie is not on it. They should change the name to Paramount Midas. <laughs> so anyway, so our characters. Sandra, Ted, your favorite character, Ted. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate Ted. Jeff, Ralph, Mark, Paul, Jenny, Scott, Terry, and Vicky. We already have a bigger cast this time than we did in the previous movie. Well, it's a sequel, so we need a bigger body count, more fodder. Yeah, but the problem is, less gore in this one. Did you name Ralph as part of the cast? Yes. You gotta say Crazy Ralph, though. Or you're doomed! Everyone knows who Ralph is. Yeah, he's Crazy Ralph, though. Doomed Ralph. And give him the respect of calling him crazy, at least. No, I'm gonna give him the respect of calling him doomed because he dies. Bad mistake. We'll get, we'll get that in a minute. But, I will mention one thing. Yes. So, Jenny shows up late to their camp counselor meeting. Yep. Uh, and she tells her boyfriend, Paul... Don't worry, I'll never be late again. So I'm like, so you don't plan on getting pregnant? Wow. Terrible. <laughs> how long did you stay up thinking about that one? <laughs> Horrible. This is how I only watched the movie today? One second. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've got Nick's open mic night out the way, his little routine is out of the way as the, the audience chuckles. So we get our second recap from the for the first movie. But this one's okay, because this is them telling it at a, at a campfire. As a ghost story, and then Ted jumps out. Now, at this point, now if, if Crazy Ralph says, it's a death curse, now it actually makes sense, because you, you have the events of part one, there's actually a body count in the history of this. Well, instead, Ralph just stays in the woods... Uh, creeping on Jenny and Paul as they're making their sweet, sweet lebens. And then all of a sudden, he gets doomed. I didn't like this, man. I don't like Crazy Ralph dying because he should have been in all the sequels. He should have always been hanging around town as a warning. And they kept, in every sequel after this, they kept having that random character who does warn you. Just keep Crazy Ralph alive. It was a shock, though, a surprise, because... but. I guess I always thought that Crazy Ralph was somehow connected to Mrs. Voorhees. Like he would have been Jason's father. Something because he was so involved that it would make sense that he was around during that time when all this stuff happened. Well, so was everyone else, but notice how they're not telling everyone, you're doomed. But maybe Crazy Ralph should have followed his own advice. If you are always saying it's doomed, why are you yourself at Crystal Lake? Because he wants to perv on young women. I guess that's more important than the death curse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Paul seems cooler than Steve Christie, but I have to say, when will these assholes learn? Stop thinking this is a good investment opportunity to reopen Crystal Lake. It doesn't work. Well, to be fair, this one isn't even Crystal Lake. It's on the same lake as Crystal Lake, but it's not Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake is the camp. Jason didn't take geography. He doesn't know how to separate. It's all his territory in his mind. That whole surrounding area, that whole state... Jason's the whole, the whole state. No, everything that's within walking distance for him is his territory, I think. So that could be classified as United States. You can walk the whole United States. You just need to stop to sleep. He only, he'll only go far as whatever suburb that is where he killed Alice. But I'm just saying, Jason can't tell the difference. So if he crosses the lake and you're on the other side of the lake, he's going to kill you. So they do their bunch of mundane camp things. They're having a cookout. Muffin runs into Jason, and then... These, ter- people, these people do appear to like each other, at least, though. It, do, it does seem like actual friends. I will say this, though. Terry is a bad dog owner. The reason I say this is because she goes looking for Muffin. The minute she hears this food, she stops looking for Muffin and goes for food. Yep. I'm sorry. If I'm, if I'm missing my dog, for one, my dog wouldn't have left my damn sight, and if he did, he was going to be somewhere where I know he's not going to be able to get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, if I'm missing my dog, I'm not going to stop looking just for food. Maybe I'll grab some food and then go off and walk through. Yeah, yeah She, we see her look for him, but then all of a sudden she gets sidetracked. I don't think she actually cared about this dog. Nope. Maybe he's a loner. Uh, probably. <laughs> Maybe she was looking out, looking, watching her friend's dog. Jeff and Sandra go to Camp Blood, which... I guess they tore down Camp Blood because the only thing we ever see of this camp now is a random shack in the woods. 
Well, hey, I mean, Jason needs a place to stay, and what better place than a shack in the woods? You can't get evicted. There's no landlord to come throw you out. I don't know how he handles things like electricity, and maybe he does solar panel. Solar well, power. the cop chases him, and, you know, for fat people like myself, that's a bad idea. Um, I, I, I always <laughs> laugh at the scene because the cop is, first of all, he has to stop. It gets winded. He runs around. I guess he runs in circles because he runs through the same pond that has a little rock twice. Who? If you're driving your car and you see a mysterious person fly across the road into the woods, who the hell actually stops the car and starts a foot chase? Why do you think that's a good idea? First of all, stay in your car. Call for backup. Make sure your gun's loaded. But a full-on foot chase where you don't know what you're chasing? That's got to be the dumbest cop in the history of cops in horror movies. So to be fair, this cop probably thought it was just another kid, one of those other counselors. You see a mysterious person with a burlap sack over that. He, he probably didn't even see the burlap sack. I, I he just saw random boy. No, I paused the movie, though. They showed what he saw. You saw a scary-ass mysterious figure run across the road. He saw something scary. In my opinion. And again, do you know how many kids would have put on a burlap sack to scare people? Especially in a small town where there's nothing to do. I get it. But do you still get out get out your car and do a full-on running foot chase? If he's thinking what I'm thinking, yeah, because I'm going to beat that kid's ass. What? <laughs> but You would have deserved to die then, too. Both of you would have well, been... Well, hell no. When I both, saw the, both of you would have been dumbass cops then, So to right? be honest with you, if I saw that shack, the first thing I'm doing is going turning around going back. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're a kid theory. All good, but then you stumble upon a damn shack. So now I, you look now, now ladies, you don't know what you're chasing, but you see whatever this is has a house in the woods. Yep, that's you, where I that would be where I turn around, and be like, yeah, I'm gonna need somebody here now. Like well, SWAT, the army. Well, it's also where maybe some Navy SEALs. It's also where his death becomes justified because once he walks in the shack, he's actually trespassing. And now whatever Jason does is actually self defense. And it depends on if New Jersey has squatter laws or not. Because believe it or not, there are states that have squatter laws where if a man man or woman is squatting in a house long enough, they are legally legal residents of that house now. Yeah, well, the cop walks in. He doesn't show any kind of warrant. I feel like Jason is warranted killing his ass. Mm. Which, I mean, granted, I could be the dick, but if I find out someone's squatting in my house and the cops do nothing about it because of squatter laws, I'll be like, okay, well, he's trespassing. I feel like I need to defend myself now because y'all ain't doing shit, so I'm killing him. Yeah, but if it's Jason, I'm him just sit there. No, I'll still kill him. I think Jason will probably kill you, though. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's in the house, I'm already dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if Jason squatted was... my if Jason squatted my house, I'm gonna knock on the door. If I look through the window and see Jason there, I'm like, "Hey, you stay as long as you want. I'm gonna go down to Motel Six. Do yeah, your thing." Yeah, like I said, if I <laughs> if I'm in the house, Jason, find out Jason in the house, there's a good chance I'm not living. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna say this. I'd be like, Jason. And he looks at me like. Hey man, there's snacks in the cabinets if you want some. Just, just eat them all. Have all the snacks. He would just, it would just kill you. There wouldn't be any talks about it. No, because then I'd be running away like the cop was running, but I'm running in the other direction. Yeah, but the problem is Jason runs too in this movie. He does, but I don't. And think... he's in better shape than you are. Yeah, but we'll see Ginny pretty much get away from him in a run later on. He's not that. He's not a fast. Well, that's because she's the final girl. No, he's not a fast runner, and also he's not that smart. She outsmarts him a couple times pretty easily. So. That's because she's the final girl. Okay, well, this is the first cop when he's dead. So. <laughs> Let's move on. So a lot of people leave the camp to go drinking. I thought this was kind of original because, truthfully, you do you would have a decent amount of camp counselors, and you have to find a reason to get them out of the movie. Get Jason can't kill them all. So um, going to town, it's fine. There's one problem, though. One huge problem. You set up this fucking prankster in this movie. <laughs> Who clearly deserves, of all of them, deserves an epic death. But he gets to go escape off screen, never to be seen again. Why'd you introduce this character? Did you just forget that there's no payoff here? So What the hell, man? So, obviously, you know this because if you watch it, I know this because I've watched them. This is the only Friday 13th where the trickster does not get killed. No, he's let off the hook. In fact, all his friends get killed. But he happily gets to go on living life. He's well, probably he probably became a famous famous stand-up comedian. Well, that, you know why you know why he survived because he instead of doing what Paul said, you know, when the place closes, comes straight back to camp. He looks over at the old guy and goes, "There's after-hour spots, right?" <laughs> well, yeah, you got to feel good for all these people. At least like 
This wasn't. This was a bad situation, but most of the people are actually came out unscathed. Yeah, it's only they, these they, poor sons of bitches that stayed behind. Yeah. So uh, Terry skinny dips, where Scott then steals her clothes, and again, this proves that Terry does not give a shit about Muffin. She's looking for him, and then decides Muffin's probably in the water. I'm going to take off my clothes and jump in. I'm Why, gu- who in the right mind thinks their dog's in the water? I'm guessing by this time Jason has turned Muffin into a bagel. I mean, we did see a muffin-like uh, dinner, yeah. mutilated, fuzzy. Yeah. Same muffin-like because poor muffin. Yeah. Anyway, so Scott and Scott gets his throat slit, and Terry, I guess, dies screaming. She just screams herself to death. Random off-screen kill. She just screams herself to death with. It, it was weird too. Like it looked like one eye was one way, the other eye was straight. She just, ah. All right, what about my favorite couple? My favorite would-be couple. If Jason didn't show his truly cruel and unnecessarily cruel side here, I will never forgive this scene. So Mark and Vicky were flirting the whole time, and Vicky was definitely telling him, yeah, you, we getting something tonight. And so for some unknown reason, Mark apparently thinks that Vicky is either fat or just <laughs> extremely loud. Walker must have really loud boots because he hears thunder and just thinks, Vicky, is that you? So we used to mention Mark is in a wheelchair. Yep. Mark's a paraplegic because of a motorcycle accident. Now that's okay. But what's bad is, you know what he says to Vicky? No, eventually I'm going to get out of this. I don't want to spend the rest of my life in this damn chair. Yeah. Is this movie just trying to, Tug on the heartstrings because... That didn't tug on mine. It tugged on my lap. <laughs> it tugged on my humor. Oh, my gosh. Watching him just go down those hills after... Oh, the, man. The Come on, man. Face it's bullshit, man. I didn't like this, man, because my thing is, you got the poor boy... The, you got the guy in the wheelchair, right? Do you have to do, like, this very slow build-up to Jason walking behind him? Like, Jason, why are you even sneaking up on him? He's in a wheelchair. You could just walk up on him with him seeing you do it and kill him. Hey, but you still got to kill him and shot, like, mysteriously. Just be thankful he didn't do what I probably would have done if I wrote this movie. Take him, twist him around, and then just roll him down the stone steps and just watch as every bone in his body breaks as he's falling down the stairs. Him getting stabbed in the head with the machete out of nowhere, that's one thing, right? He just died right there. And that's fine, but we don't need the damn wheelchair going backwards down the steps. That is like... An insult to injury. Not only that, but they did the exact same shot twice of him coming down the steps. Just one close frame and the other one far framed. Because <laughs> you can tell it's the same, the same body movement, same steps being hit at the same time. I hope he was dead because if he was still alive. No, he, he was and, dead. Because imagine if you're alive and the, the fear of then going backwards down the steps <laughs> on the wheelchair in the rain. I'd be like... What the hell did I do to deserve this? No, he was dead. There, there was no way he was alive after that machete went straight into his face like that. Jason must have been like, this is the easiest damn kill I ever had. Dude <laughs> dude. Just, Jason's like, dude just sat there. <laughs> Again, if I brought this movie, I would have just had Jason grab him and just chuck him down the stairs and just watch as every bone in his body breaks. I would let the man have sex first and then kill him. Nah, too easy. Jason's a cruel son of a bitch. Well, how about we get to the couple that did have sex... Sandra and Jeff getting pierced through by a spear. You know, I didn't like these two from the moment they come on screen. So I had no connection with them. And to see them die, put a smile on my face. Well, let's Put a smile on my face. I just want to mention, we need to remember Sandra for next Friday the 13th where we do three and four. Yes, yes, because her brother will try to avenge her. Even though... Hey, she can't like me! Even though only... Two days passed, so he wouldn't know that she's actually dead. Her death's going to be historically because it's going to be all over the newspapers. <laughs> and Within a day. <laughs> her brother's going to show up. Well, I mean, there was ahead. that newscast in the third movie, so maybe he, did, maybe he did know from that. No, it's a plot hole. Plot hole! There is no such thing as plot holes in Friday the 13th movies. They are very continuity heavy. They, in part four, they have a sketch of Jason. Where the hell does this sketch come from? Well, he... Did get caught in part three when he technically got sent to the morgue. He was in the morgue for like 
30 seconds. <laughs> Nobody came in to a sketch yeah, artist thing. A sketch artist most likely sketched him while at the crime scene. Because he didn't move during the whole crime scene. Hmm. And part four takes place... A day the, after. The day after. So, of course, he has access to the newspaper that has a sketch in it. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, <laughs> we, we know we're, we're not doing part four right now, so... <laughs> Bullshit! All right, well, Vicky's death, um, very slow death. Um, Why Vic- the hell did she not move... When he stabbed her the first time. Fuck the first time. Why didn't she move when she saw him? He was literally all the way across the room. She had enough time to turn around and run out the door. How did she die from how he stabbed her? I'm assuming that he probably actually stabbed her multiple times. They just didn't. They only showed the one. Or he stabbed her femoral artery and she bled out. I felt bad for her, but she had the most useless death since Annie in terms of just like standing there and having no survival instinct at all. She literally could have survived or at least died in a different spot as she ran. Why is Jason walking towards her in like the slowest foot speed in the history? Like we see Jason run at certain points in the movie, but this scene, it's like he's walking like one inch at a time towards her. Maybe he's sitting there thinking to himself like, bitch, please run. I really want to chase you. And she's like, no, no, no. Stupid. Death. <laughs> You're stabbing the baby toe. <laughs> no, femoral artery. So she bled out. Feminist artery. Gotcha. The femoral artery where vampires really like to bite because it's easier to get the blood out. Feminist artery. Yes. Okay. Because the thighs are the best spot in the world. Long, awkward pause. <laughs> Proceed. Even with chicken. Chicken thighs is the best part of the chicken besides the wings. Chicken breast. No. Yes. Because guess what? If you eat the nipple, you'll start seeing shit. Has that happened to you? Well, to be fair, if you're eating a chicken nipple, you're probably already seeing shit. Well, that's true. <laughs> All right, enough of this chicken conversation. You're right. You're, you're ruining my nuggets. appetite for chicken nuggets. Well, to be fair, I'm going to go home and cook me some popcorn chicken anyway. Popcorn chicken, huh? I mean, it's chicken nuggets. Does Popeye's still have that? They used to have some good-ass popcorn I think chicken. Popeye's and KFC still have chicken, uh, popcorn chicken, but I do the Tyson's, or, yeah, the Tyson's popcorn chicken. What would it take to get them to make white cheddar popcorn chicken? Is it possible? Yeah. Especially if maybe you uh, stuff it. Ooh. Oh, did I mention one of the one of the things I actually like cooking um, is. Oh, God. Come on now. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> one thing I, I, I want to get to categories. Come on. So, hurry up. I, I get the chicken breast. I right. pound it into a thin piece. Yep. Pastrami, a Thousand Island dressing, sauerkraut, roll it up, uh, mozzarella cheese, roll it up, deep fry it. Delicious. Had Chick fil A sauce. You can do Chick fil A sauce. That's not a problem, but it already has Thousand Island dressing. Oh, wow. So I'm pretty much making a fried chicken Reuben. And now that that's done, let's get back to the movie. Let's do it! So we get Jason versus Paul, round one. Jason beats his ass. Beats his ass. By slapping the shit out of him. And, and, and you know, Jenny warned him. Jenny was like, there's someone in this fucking well, room, Paul. That's, that's probably why Paul survived, because if she didn't tell him. He was a dead man. He was going to get a spear in the back. Jason had a weapon. Yeah, he had the spear. I mean, what we know, looking at future battles, Paul defended himself well. I, we see what Jason can do in later movies, even the human Jason here. You see with Rick in part three where he lifted his ass up and crushed his skull. Well, yeah, but also Paul was given a more of a fighting chance because he was warned ahead of time. Yeah. Because think of it, if she warned him right when Jason was right behind him, he would have been the dead man. Yeah. He was given an actual fighting chance. And also, and for some reason, he was turning into, Jason got turned into a bumbling idiot at this point instead of before, kill, after killing him. Yeah. So I, our- I got to say, I like this whole chasing coming up with Ginny and, and uh, Jason. Because it actually makes it's, some form of sense. It's shot really well. And it's all, it's like a real cat and mouse chase. Because mm-hmm. you can see Ginny's brain, her wheels turning. She's <clears> trying to outsmart Jason at every step. And not just running aimlessly. She's like running with a purpose yeah. to different spots, hiding from him. 
the whole thing is really, really well done for a chase scene. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. This chase scene, especially compared to the first movie, this chase scene is enjoyable to watch because, as you said, you get to see her mind turning. You see what she does to get away from Jason, see what how, she does to you, slow him down. See how dumb Jason is. Like, she'll hide in the bushes and you see Jason's run by. Like, fall, he falls for every time. He's like, oh, where'd she go? Where's she, which way did she go? Um, how about we get to our climax where we see... Terry's still dead with no visible wounds. She didn't die. She's asleep. Oh, okay. Uh, the cop and the decomposed body that is more decomposed than the mother of Adrian King. Well, Betsy Palmer wanted another car. So Betsy Palmer only did like five seconds of this movie, and it was not the head. She wanted a very cheap car. <laughs> she bought a Honda Accord. So we get our climax. Paul versus Jason round two. Jason's still winning. But, Damn it, Paul. Can you win one round? But thankfully for him, his girlfriend will actually defend him yeah, by I putting mean. a machete into Jason's shoulder. She was offended by how ugly the burlap sap was. Yeah. She killed Jason because of his bad fashion. And I want to mention one other thing. Muffin is alive. He's not alive. Did you not see the ending? Oh, yeah. That was a different dog, though. Muffin shut. No, it was Muffin. <laughs> you just got tricked. It was a different dog. It was Muffin. It was a different dog. The dog even announced the name. The dog had the little ponytail thing. Who puts ponytails on their dog? Come on. Um, that was cr- Muffin is alive. It was a random-ass that dog. Was, that was croissant. That was not Muffin. Oh, that was croissant? Croissant. Oh, croissant? Croissant. Croissant? A cronut. A cronut. <laughs> a mix of a cronut. Cro- no, croissant and actually, donut. it was probably a Rouse dog doomed. Man, <laughs> I really wish that that at the end Ralph would have showed up and like <laughs> have like his throat leaking blood, and be like I'm still doomed. <laughs> Did not my last words? Well, to be fair, she, Jenny finds his body in the pantry where he also was found in the first movie. That's true. Damn it, man. So there you go. He said doomed one more time when he get. It was a deleted scene when he came out. He dropped down and went yo do. <laughs> Look, this movie leaves me with one question. What's up? Do you have the answer? I don't know if I have the answer. You haven't asked. Where's Paul? Oh, you see. Where is he? Where's Paul? No what? idea. Maybe Paul chased after Jason after Jason busted through and grabbed her. There's a few theories about what happens here. The theory number one is uh, this whole ending sequence was actually a dream from the time of her leaving the cabin after hitting Jason with a machete to him busting through was actually a dream. The all, my only question is... Actually, I like that. Yeah, my only question is, why is she back at the camp instead of in the shack? Okay. Here, here's how we can get me to support that theory. So, first thing, if that's a dream sequence, it means that, of course, Muffin's really still dead. Yeah. So I support the theory. Um, number two... Paul's probably dead. What the hell? Who the hell was that that busted through that window? Was that... Jason? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's supposed to be Jason. Remember, they took the burlap sack off to see who it was. And they realized it was Bon Jovi the whole time? Ugly ass Bon Jovi. <laughs> like, ugly ass Bon Jovi. <laughs> what the hell was that hair, man? Um, uh, another okay. theory with Paul, and this mainly comes from the third movie, is in a news report, they say there are eight bodies found. Well, that could either be because Paul is actually alive, or it could be because they didn't find Paul's body. Because you're saying if you count off all the names, then it doesn't it doesn't add up if you count Paul in that. Exactly, because uh, a lot of there are different things. One says there's a total of nine total dead bodies, ten being unconfirmed because of Paul. If you you know nine being counting Adrian King's character. Yep. Which you would think that would be one of the they would have said nine bodies at that point because Adrian King's character was found. Alice is found in that cabin. So the problem is. Again, referencing the Crystal Lake memories, the director, his opinion, it doesn't make it canon, but his thought, the way he filmed it was that Paul is dead. Um, Again, that doesn't make it canon. That's just his viewpoint. I mean, it is weird. It's like, okay, well, if Paul is alive, then at the end there, where is he? Why isn't he in that ambulance? Well, another thing... And you, why won't they answer her? No one's like saying, hey, your boyfriend's right there. Well, there, I got my own theory. Paul, in a desperate effort to get help, jumped in the water and swam. Swam until he found help. 
Manhattan. He's still swimming now, looking for help. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's helped him yet. <laughs> so he plans to bring people back to the cabin to help Ginny, but the so problem is before, it's been, been forty years. So. Before we get into our categories, I just wanted to bring up one thing, one really stupid thing that they almost put in the movie. It was a deleted part of the end where it was supposed to show, it, it was showing off, you know, Pamela's dead head. Well, apparently before the credits started rolling, the head was actually supposed to open its eyes and smile at the camera, which is apparently supposed to be some kind of notice that Paul is dead. Mm. So, for one, since this movie never went into supernatural aspects yet, mm. why would Pam's head be opening its eyes and smiling at the camera? Mm. Also... Why? How would that be any indicator that Paul is dead? Mm-hmm. What the fuck were people on when they made that scene? I'm glad they cut it because it makes no damn sense. And cocaine, yeah, and no bog milk. Yeah, and the I think it was the director that said cut that out. It makes no sense to the movie. It makes it look cheesy. Yeah, good job. So now we're on our categories: best performance. Uh, we didn't talk about her a lot, but. Ginny is a great final girl. Refreshing for somebody to have some attitude after the generic niceness of Alice from the first one. Ginny has a little bit of an attitude, and then when challenged, she really fights back and pretty easily outsmarts Jason inside out. Um, She's the only character that really is given depth, I would say. You like her. A lot of fans complain that they didn't continue on with Ginny into future movies. Amy Steele. Oh, Amy Steele. Yeah, and uh, like a lot, yeah. I just got a question before I say my uh, best performance. You know, Amy Steele had to come up, or not Amy Steele, but the character of Jenny had to come up with a theory of what happened that night uh, between Alice and Pam. My question is, what was she on that she was able to pull that theory (laughs) out of her ass with no evidence? And what's hilarious is, so what they were doing there is that's obviously the writer's way of communicating to the audience of like what actually happened. Because she's theorizing, but I'm like, no, this is actually canon they're giving us. <laughs> they're saying this is what happened, basically. And honestly, I mean, look, we know Tom Savannah didn't come back for the second one because he was like, the fuck do you mean Jason's alive? Oh, right. There was a lot of, as we know, there was a lot of... Um, confusion about like wait he was a little boy in the first one what do you mean is he a ghost is he a human so even even betsy palmer said that makes no damn sense why because that does take away from the mother's uh revenge plot in the first movie yeah away from the mother's revenge plot why wouldn't jason come up to his mother the whole time yeah if his mother's in the woods plotting all this stuff how do they never run into each other at certain a certain point um I think a lot of people, honestly, if you ask people, like a casual fan, a lot of people don't know, like, is Jason a ghost? Did he actually drown? Because it is just, I mean, Ginny gives a theory. I took it as them trying to communicate what they think is canon. But you could say maybe Jason is a ghost. I don't know. but I mean, it would have to be because the, the damage he took at the end of part two, which is apparently still carried over into part three, would have been a death shot for a lot of people. It's funny because it's almost like um, it's similar to Michael Myers, though. And there's always this fun debate about Michael Myers versus Jason. I think Michael Myers versus human Jason is a decent battle. Zombie Jason is going to fuck up any version of Michael. Right. But the reason why he can't be a ghost, per se, is, though, because you see him, especially like here in like two, three, and four, he has very human reactions. Like, there's a couple times in part three where he gets stabbed. And he's like, oh, my shoulder. Like, he's all like, my shoulder. Like, he's, he can take a lot without dying. But his reactions, the way he runs, that's all like human movements. And at least with parts two and three, it would make it, him going from place to place actually makes some form of sense. Yeah. Part four, for, I, I feel like either they edited that wrong or he teleported. But That might start teleportation. But, but also, like, if he's a ghost, I mean, he's not building a shack in the woods. Like, they made it clearly that he he's, like a, he's like a woods person living off animals in the woods and stuff. Poor Muffin. Um, but I'm just saying, I think the casual fan really doesn't know what the backstory is. 
So, yeah, well, anyways. Anyway, um, my best performance after all that spiel, all that love for Amy Steele. Heck, that rhymed. <laughs> what? I said that rhymed. Yeah, that did rhyme. Uh, is going to go, actually, to Vicky. Even though her death scene was fucking stupid, she was the one that I believed the most out of all the actors and actresses. I felt like she actually liked Mark. I felt like she was actually a genuinely nice person overall. That's fair. Over, so she was, would have been the character I actually would have wanted to see survive if, you know, if Jenny was not our protagonist. Yes, I agree. And I think that these movies always have one or two supporting characters. Like, I know it's a lot now as an adult watching the movies that you can sometimes see where it's like, I don't, I think Ginny was the right choice for the main character here, but there's certain movies in the series where you're like, oh man, this person should have been the main character. And I think that, fair point, I think that she was a nice person. Felt bad for her, but just like Annie, I don't understand why she had no survival instincts, no... <laughs> defense mechanisms at all but d is what it is um all right worst Worst performance performance. wow giving it to ted i was thinking the same thing (laughs) why why does he have to be so over the top he's such a damn character like he's like the most annoying prankster you could think of like he's playing a character like crazy i mean maybe if he had had a death scene it wouldn't have been so bad but the fact that he gets away scot-free, especially since he tows his friend's truck just because he knows the gas station owner. Who does that? That's so elaborate. You're right. This, all this, all him being annoying is fine because you're thinking there's going to be this great payoff of him getting his comeuppance when Jason kills him. So all that buildup. For nothing. Nothing. I got to imagine him going on to live a prosperous life while... The less the less annoying characters all meet up untimely demise. Right. Even though, to be honest with you, my my next choice would be Scott. Because what all did that guy do except for perv? Anything he had to do that wasn't being a perv towards Terry felt so unrealistic to me. Yeah, I, I didn't like Terry or him. I mean, I I like Terry, but that's because I, I didn't, didn't like care Terry, for. I didn't like Sandra. Well, I didn't like those other characters at all. I like Terry, but that that's a discussion for another day. Um, you like muffins. Mm, best scene. Interesting. Definitely the entire chase scene at the end stood out as an iconic chase scene. Part two, three, and four, they all have really good chase scenes. Really good chase scenes. All... Improved upon the first one. Well, it's very easy to improve upon the first one. Yeah, like by with two, three, four, they perfected the chasing formula for the final girl. Um, so easily that for me, runner up to the opening scene with Alice is a standout opening scene. I mean, it's one of the better opening scenes in a horror movie ever, honestly, just because you establish Jason as a badass and yeah. So for me, it's actually pretty hard because. As for chase scenes go, yes, it was definitely better than the first. However, I still felt like it was overdone. For me, my favorite scene, and it's probably because of Vic's reaction and because it gets you chuckle out of You son of a bitch. How dare you? Was Mark's death. Oh, my God. You think the, the man <laughs> falling down the stairs backward in that over-the-top fashion is a great scene? It was fucking hilarious, especially when I watched it with you and you were just going, no, no, oh, my God, no. Like, they should be ashamed of themselves, right? It was hilarious. Shame on all those involved in filming that scene. And for that, that reaction in that scene will forever be etched in my mind. It is a good scene for everybody. Just type in Mark's death and you will see why Vic screams so loud like a little girl. Evil. You're evil. Thank you. You and all the filmmakers that made this movie are evil. All right. Worst scene. Hmm. <laughs> Worst scene. I don't know if anything really stands out as being really bad. For me, it's the bar scene because it was just there to throw in a lot of explanation 
with no evidence back to back it up just for it to actually be right. I didn't care for it. I don't really care for explanations that has no backing, no evidence, and just happens to be right. I like the exposition because I feel like it's such a confusing transition from part one to then what the hell is going on in part two? How is Jason alive? So at least it gives us some guidance to his backstory. I think the worst scene is that damn cop scene. I think the cop jumping out of his car, knowing he's out of shape, knowing he's out of shape, starting a foot chase to the woods where every two minutes he has to stop, catch his breath. By the time he gets to Jason's shack, the man is basically about to have a heart attack and he's still going in the house trying to pursue this mysterious person he doesn't know who it is. His death was one of the most well-deserved, rightful, you done messed up and screwed yourself deaths. My friend, you are the worst cop in all of horror movies. Nope, for me, it's still just the bar scene because... Oh, well, damn it, man. I, I can't say it. I would rather stay conspicuous and just let the audience decide whether he's alive or dead. That would have been a good conversation starter. Look, it was just Jenny's opinion, man. <laughs> and Jenny's she's, opinion she's, sucks. She's just giving her thoughts. But somehow she's the right. I, your theory would have been, hey, I think that what happened was that he actually, Jason, he's, he's from a different planet where the Predator's from. And it's him, so, the Tremors, and the Predator. So Jason's actually a Predator behind that burlap sack? I think she came up with a better theory than you would have, sir. No, You'd have theory, been at that bar talking about different planets, all right? My theory would have been amazing, just amazing. I have the best theories in the world. I, my hair should be dyed we got, blonde. We got about 69 episodes to counterpoint that. So you can go back, go back in the archives and listen Come to some, on, of these, of, some of these ridiculous theories. I'm sure a lot of people love my theories and they find it entertaining and probably just wondering what the hell is wrong with my brain. I'll answer, I'm married. I no longer need to use my brain. I'm going to forward the hate mail to you. You can see the feedback. Right? <laughs> they especially hate you with no bond. Right? <laughs> Alrighty, so what would you like to change in this movie? Honestly, mm. this movie, even though I said there's negatives, there's not really much of anything I would change with this movie. Maybe, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's straightforward. It does tell us a story. Maybe I would make the, I would have actually taken out at least one of the damn recaps. Probably keep the campfire story because it does make sense for that. Take out the recap of what Adrian King was going through. Just because you have a time slot you supposedly need to hit does not mean you need to hit it. It just means you have a slightly smaller story to tell. And sometimes movies don't need to be full length to tell the story you needed to tell. Ted comes back to the camp. Hey, guys. I just came back to play a prank on you. What's going on? Jason, just kill the wheelchair dude. Mark. I want to see... Ted flying down those stairs, just flying down the stairs. Just cut from him, be like, hey guys, what's going on? And, it, no, and then I'd be like, hey, who are you? And then cut to him flying down the stairs. I don't need to see him land. I don't need to see him die afterwards. But I need him flying off the stairs <laughs> as if he's fucking Jazzy Jeff from the Fresh Prince getting thrown out of the fucking mansion. Make sure you have the same camera shot, too. And but that, at that point, I would have rather Jason grab him, pull him inside the cabin, hear a little kerfuffle, and then all of a sudden, wee! Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. that, I, I would agree to that, but probably would have made this serious movie a little too comedical. I'd have been okay with that. Um, so final thoughts for me, the acting is actually a little bit less par than the first movie, surprisingly. We all know I didn't really care for the acting of the first movie. I don't care for the acting in this one. Uh, another thing is, Burlap Sat Jason, he's not that intimidating when you look at him. Maybe as a woman's point of view, he would be because it's a big dude coming out at a little girl. Yeah, it'd probably be intimidating, but for someone like me, and it definitely shows with Paul, he wasn't that intimidating with Paul except for when he had that spear because Paul gladly took, uh, went at him, just got his ass kicked. Uh, overall, the score did nothing for me. The theory wasn't that good. What I did like, though, was technically we saw, minus Terry, we saw every death. The only downside was it was a bunch of cutaways, so that way they would avoid the X rating. Mm -hmm. Can't really do anything about that. So I'll give them that the deaths were at least all on screen. They all 
were pretty decent to watch. Yep. They had some good... Uh, the chase scene was definitely better than the first movie. And Stronger main character than the first movie, too. Yeah, stronger main character than the first movie. So, But I just, as I said from the first movie, that first half is a drag to get through for me. I don't care about these people walking, working through their daily lives. I want to see a story or I want to see some kills. I don't need to see these characters just doing a bunch of mundane stuff and me not getting anything out of it. I mean, you had Crazy Ralph getting killed. So overall, <laughs> overall, this movie is better than the first, but not by much. I'm giving it a two out of four. Nitpick Nick hates everything. Um, damn right I do. Man, I got to say, well, I gave the first one, I'm in the same ballpark. I gave the first one two stars, and I do think this is an improvement over the first one, so I'm going to give this two and a half stars, and I think it basically did mostly everything better. There were some things with the supporting characters where the acting wasn't as strong as the first movie, and even the directing really wasn't as good as the first movie, but what lifts the movie to me is that you have two better main characters, and what I mean by that is you have a more focused actual killer in Jason and a more focused, better main character in Ginny. So them colliding is just more exciting than Alice versus like the newly we just now meet Betsy Palmer. At least Jason is early on established as the killer and that gives the movie more focus for me. So I'm going two and a half stars. Definitely not the best in the series, but I feel like it's in the upper half of the series for sure. Well, considering the fact that the series goes downhill after six... Uh, some people disagree, man. Those later sequels, like as time goes on, like the Jason Takes Manhattan, the Jason X, those are becoming the more popular, like well-liked ones. It's, it's really weird, but that's what's happening. I mean, they're fun to watch. They're hilarious. But when you think of it as a movie, oh my gosh, the only thing I hate most about the Jason is his death in part eight. I think it's the, the rewatchability of those is like starting to become king. When Until people th- you get to the ending of part eight. <laughs> Yeah, but when people think of Jason, they want that fun, sort of cheesy rewatchability, whereas these first couple ones are played as more straight horror movies. So, Either way, everyone, as always, you do not have to go home, but you do have to go to your 24-hour McDonald's. Get yourself a 20-piece chicken nugget. Get some hot mustard. Get some barbecue. Get some buffalo. Don't get ranch like Vic's about to tell you. Don't get honey mustard like Vic's about to tell you. And don't get the Szechuan sauce. Because they most likely don't have it, and you'll just cause a riot, and we don't need any more riots in this day and age. I was just going to suggest, if you want to do something healthier... Fuck healthy. Just go home and make yourself a sandwich without all these stuff, the McDonald's, the chemicals, the green nail bog stuff they're going to put into your nuggets. You're the one who started this chicken nugget fad. It doesn't mean I want to eat every week. (laughs) Well, you know what? Go to Doom Donuts and get yourself a healthy... Helping of Doom Donuts. Now you're talking my language. With sprinkles. Glazed Doom Donut coming up. Oh, yeah. Glazed. In honor of Crazy Ralph. Honey glazed. Oh, one thing I would change also. Keep Crazy Ralph alive. Negative. He's dead already. Too bad. Damn it, man. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>